The views, comments, and opinions of the following program do not necessarily reflect those of Morris Media Studios, MorrisMediaLive.com, or its affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. Sorry, it's it's reading something on social media. Hi, good, good, good. Welcome. Uh, I'm I'm Lewis Dix. It's D I X. Uh, name of the show is In the Man's World. As you can see, Jeff Arnold is doing a photo shoot. I got a text from him this morning that he's doing. This is his second photo shoot. It's my understanding he. Russell Westbrook, the basketball player, has a clothing line, and it's for young people and seniors, seniors and young <laughs> men who are in shape. And someone sent me a this a couple of weeks ago a picture and said, "Hey, is this Jeff?" And I was like, "I don't know." Then I looked at it closely. You know, after thirty years, you say, you see little features and say, "Oh, that's him." Like if someone saw, knew me, they'd look and look. Is that Lou? Then they, you nose. know, the nose. Say, "All right, that's him." And Jeff, it's a certain thing you have to look at, and you're like, oh, they, that's him. And I looked at that, and I was like, oh, yeah, that is him. So I asked him about it. This was a couple weeks ago, and he, said, and he told me about it. So then he hits me with a text this morning, and um, I didn't get it until the boss lady told me he wasn't coming because he has uh, – it says uh, – I was just reading it. Uh, it said that um, doing another photo shoot for Russell Westbrook's clothing line won't – won't make it to the podcast. First of all, I didn't know it was a podcast that we were doing. Um, it then, is. What do you think it is? I thought it was a radio show. I'm old. I think it was a radio <laughs> show. I didn't know it was a podcast. So I thought a podcast was when you sit in your room. You know, I didn't know. You come to a studio, it's a radio show. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So It's an internet radio show, actually. Okay, yeah. So that's why I, I didn't feel But podcast seems more. And then along with that message, he sends me a picture. Okay, him. wait. He sent me like seven pictures, so I got him right here. Well, he knew better than to send me <laughs> seven pictures. Okay, that's the one he sent me. Okay, well, this is one. Yeah, that's not the girl <laughs> that you asked me about. But but she looks like she's asleep. She looks like she's like... <laughs> well, I, he has on pajamas. Okay. And, and what well, is she that's, that's what that looks like. Yeah, look, loungewear. But he's not holding her convincingly. Well, that he's doing better because he's from Chicago and they step. Can you go back to the first picture? The first picture, no, it's, I, I don't believe that, kids. Not that, I meant the second one. I meant the second And And her look, I don't know who told her to look like that. She could be looking up at him. I, I would have directed that differently. And Jeff's a director, too. But his, his right hand looks awkward. It doesn't look like it looks very posed. What, the one that's down? No, the one, the right hand on the shoulder. Do you see how it's placed? <laughs> that doesn't look, that doesn't look like they're together. That looks good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a cute. That's a good that's one. That's a cute That's a good too. one. That's a nice picture. No, it doesn't. <laughs> that, 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 it looked like they both just got out of jail. 
and <laughs> and they trying to figure out how to make a living because they both got their hands folded the same way. I'm assuming that's a sweatpants. Because look a at sweatsuit. Because they didn't hem it right. Look at the bottom, right. I know we're hating on it. Maybe that's how it's supposed to lay. Um, but uh, okay, all right, all right. That, that looks like a <laughs> blended family. Again, with the hand on the shoulder, he doesn't do that right. And the little dark kid looks scared, like she's in that movie. Somebody said the color was pumpkin cream on the last photo. Okay, but doesn't that pumpkin? Yeah, that's ugly. It's not. It looks more like taupe. <laughs> I, I, I've heard. Now the girl. I don't know if that's a girl or a boy. The darker kid. Um, it looks like a boy. Okay, but he doesn't he look like the kid in that movie where they were being not us or something. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? That movie where the horror movie. Yeah, it was us. Us. Okay. Yeah. Can you go back to that picture? Because that's a funny. Now I'm trying to see <laughs> the family. There's the mother. Now who's the girl? I'm assuming the girl on his left with the little fro is my man's. The White. younger ones probably are grandchildren. Right, that's what I'm seeing. The Jeff and the woman in the middle, they're the parents. And, and that that boy is not his son. I'm assuming that yeah, that's the husband. The, that's the one that married uh, in to the family. Uh, and the girl, is, the girl looks more like she could be Jeff and the woman's kid. Right. The boy looks like somebody, somebody <laughs> stepped in his crib. <laughs> um, but it's beautiful. Good for him. Congratulations, Jeff. There you go. There you go, Jeff. Now we got to put up with that. Somebody said Dijon uh, lemon modeling. Got <laughs> <laughs> to add the Dijon. Yeah, so good for Jeff being a model and and for big time clothing. You know, I mean, you know, he's just. I've so never... does he actually have a agent? No, this was a, a hustle thing. This was someone said, "Hey, use my Russell Westbrook." They said they were looking for an older guy and da da da. And they said, my man's like, you should use my boy, Jeff. And then Jeff, they said, cool. Oh, God, we ain't going to be able to fit Jeff's head in here next week. No, it's just his, no, you got to have talent to have a big head. Well, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to say that. I'm not supposed to hate on him. Yes, Jeff, good, good. Yeah, I'm, supposed, I'm not supposed to say that. You're always hating on me. But he was good. He's good. He's a good. He's, and I think he had modeling in his background. Really? I believe so. We have to ask him about that. We to, need to see younger pictures. Yeah, I believe he, you know, because he came out with suits, and that's a Chicago thing. They always dress. Well, today's um, today is today. Uh, Dan and Green was supposed to also join us, but he said he had two auditions, and he had to drive somewhere for four hours. I don't know if he has a show that's four hours away. I'm trying to figure out where is it that's four hours away. It's not Arizona. Arizona's six hours away, right? Something like that. Yeah, so what what place where you could perform is four hours away? Bakersfield's Vegas. too. Is Vegas four hours? Yeah. Really? I thought Vegas was further than that. No, Vegas is about four hours. Oh, maybe he has a show in Vegas. But, but most people say they have a show but in that Vegas. That could be anywhere, though. That could be Fresno. That could be... Well, good for him. Um, and I want to say, before I go any further, I apologize to the 17 listeners that were listening for jumping off the mic last week. Oh, yeah. Um, want to address that? Um, I got a phone call from um, Dr. Cosby, and he, he he doesn't call often, but he, when he calls, uh, I take the call because I'm hoping he's saying check your cash app. <laughs> I'm
I'm sorry. And it's funny because he knows that, right? Didn't you say that he said to you the only reason why you're being nice to him because you think he's going to leave you in a will? Yeah, and and that's not not true. Um, But um, so I I had to take the call, and it was a great conversation. We were discussing um, some things that he likes to discuss. I did more listening. I mean, it was a 29-minute. I do time the conversation. Well, everybody times the conversation because it's on the cell phone. So it was a 29-minute call, and I, I, when I got off, I was walking back in, and, and Poetis and Jeff were walking out. It was like, we done. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, so if you didn't catch last week's show, uh, we were talking about the new documentary that's coming out this weekend um, called Let's Talk About Cosby. And it's from a bunch of like black intellectuals and journals, journalists, uh, what's the name? W. Bell. Kamal, uh, yeah. And, Kamal. The, and the alleged victims. Yes. And, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't get that far in it. They yeah. didn't show the, well, there was a couple that were in there. But anyway, as we were talking about it, Bill Cosby called Lewis on his cell phone during the show. So my first thought was, oh, he was listening, but apparently he just happened to call, right, Lewis? Yes, I mean, I, I don't. He never mentioned that he was listening. He could have been listening, but I'm sure he would have. Um, but I did discuss with him that we were talking about him, and but yeah, it just he just called. You know, that's to, to the point of people saying you talk someone up. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear that all the time, and he's like, wow, because I was like shocked when I saw it. You know, it was. It was, you know, I'm like, because um, the phone rings and it's Dr. C. It's, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, you know, um, so did you think when you saw him pop up that he was watching the show? I, no, with him, I try not to, you know, I, no, I did not think it. I thought maybe his, somebody somebody else. was and hit him. But when I, when he, when they connected me, I'm like, okay, no, just by his tone. Because he says, hey, Dr. Dix, you know, that's what he calls me. And then, um, or he'll call me coach. So what uh, What did he have to say? It was about the documentary, Well, though, it was just right? the gist of him trying to understand. Like, he calls me a lot talking about how, you know, the young comics and com. We talk about comedy. We talk about, you know, how he's doing and, and um, some stuff that he's writing. You know, he'll run by me um, and ask me what I... That's why I have to listen so intently because some of his material is so good. You want to, you don't want to steal it, but you want to say, "Oh, okay, I get that." And then, um, and then we just discussed. I don't think he's watched it, but just the fact of how it, you know, if I had been called to be interviewed about it, et cetera, and all that, and you know what I thought. So you know, I'm always. It's always interesting to me when he asked me what I thought because. You know, I've always been honest, mm-hmm. but you know, I I I enjoy talking with them because I learn a lot, and you know, I, these are conversations that I'll always have with me, um, that I can some of a lot of stuff I can pass on to the, these young entertainers, of I mean, things he's he's wisdom that he's bestowed upon me. So you know, and um, and I've always been, and it's not just him. I've always enjoyed speaking to people in their 70s and 80s you know it's so Does funny he still like have all his falcates like is he oh yeah he's bright? very oh yeah he's very alert did he share any jail stories 
prison stories? <laughs> well, one thing I can share was that uh, I had gotten a call from one of his representatives saying that one of my friends was in the prison with him. And I was like, what? Well, what's one of my boys is in jail, you know? And then come to find out it was one of my friends who was... Uh, from Philly? From Philly, who was um, uh, a guard, prison guard. Oh, okay. Who was assigned to him. And so he's like, do you know my boy, Lewis? Right. So that whole <laughs> thing was, you know, I mean, because most of the people in Philly knew I had worked with him. So my boy and him developed a relationship. Well, he, of course, they had a relationship. And then they were sharing stories about me. They were sharing, he was sharing stories with Dr. Cosby about my high school days and, you know, how funny I was and I played football and all that stuff. And so, and then he, you know, really looked out for him. So that was a, a big thing of six degrees of separation, you know, and then mm -hmm. my boy, I talked to him and he was telling me, you know, funny stories and how they all um, looked out for him and, you know, had his back. So that Somebody was- Somebody in the chat room, Corey asked, was it Fat Paul? No, it wasn't. Our book. <laughs> no, uh, Fat Paul has. Uh, it wasn't Fat Paul. It was Fred. Uh, who's no? It wasn't Fred. But Fred knew the prison guard because Fred was a prison guard for, for twenty five years. Okay. Uh, Peanut was a hustler, and he owned his own store, neighborhood store. That was Peanut. Now Peanut is a cook. And Fat Paul, I don't know if Fat Paul. Last time I remember Fat Paul having a job. It was when we were like 17 years old. Wow. So I'm not sure exactly. And Boogie is uh, works corporate, even though he was a boxer. I'm not sure exactly what Boogie does, but he, he, he gets dressed to go to work every day. And Boogie and Peanut and Fred and all of them have been married for over 25 years um, to the same Philly girl, and, which is pretty cool. Mm. Uh, Fat Paul, he lost his wife. And I did a show, and his wife was... I kind of made her the show, and she got up and was she was in her world. And shortly after that show, she passed. Mm -hmm. So he was telling me how happy I had made her, and um, and actually, Fat Paul just lost his brother, who Eric, who was in a wheelchair for like twenty plus years, mm -hmm. he had gotten shot, and um, he was the first person that we knew that we actually a victim that we knew. That I, the first person we knew that was confined to a wheelchair, and they had to redo the house, the ramp, and then he would he would always referee the games in the wheelchair, <laughs> when football in the street games. That was Eric's thing. He would stay on the side, and then uh, he, nobody would listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> He'd say incomplete or illegal motion. You're like, man, be quiet. Roll him out of here. We used to clown him. It was really funny, but we we had love for him, and he, we all played chess, so we would play chess with him. And then he would just, it wasn't an electric wheelchair. We had to push him up the ramp. Mm. Uh, but, um, and he was living on his own, they found him. But so God rest in peace. And it was so, um, so that was that. So I apologize. Uh, but Jeff, you know, Jeff the model hold, held it down. That's what he does. So, because um, he was telling me, um, you know, how great a job he, well, he was telling us during the show how great a job he, you know, he's just so, <laughs> he's so Jeff. <laughs> Uh, he's so Jeff. Uh, uh, he's so Jeff. Uh, but, um, and well, yesterday was the 20, no, two days ago. Wednesday was the 26th, right? Yeah. And that was the um, anniversary of Kobe Bryant's passing, the two-year anniversary. 
of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and the other ones, uh, victims who were um, on the uh, helicopter. So Yeah, and someone um, actually bought a 160-pound um, statue mm-hmm. to the crash site. It's like, a, I think, like a bronze statue of Kobe and Gigi. And so I guess the guy who did it wanted it to, you know, be be there officially but the city was like nah we may do a memorial there but not right now right and so um but it's like way out in the i think you probably have to hike to that site right you can't just drive to it and i'm sure americans being who they are and people they will hike to it i was i'm, I'm just, sure a lot of people have hiked there yeah i'm just amazed at i was on the way here, I was listening to NPR, and just the, the different crusades that people have, you know, and you just like you marvel at how committed they are to 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 going to other countries, saving kids, saving animals, you know, just the things that you like. Wow, this person, this is their life. They've sacrificed everything that they are gonna save a cat. They are gonna make. Cats live better. They're going to make dogs live better. They're going to make alligators live better. Speaking of that, there's, okay, so there's there was a few cats that hung out around the parking lot here. Mm-hmm. One was Morris, who's been around for four years. Now, did you name him Morris? Yeah, I okay, named I him Morris. Okay, I thought he came and said, my name is Morris. <laughs> no. Okay. I ended up adopting him and taking him home. But we have Charlie that hangs around here. But before, we had a few cats. So there was somebody leaving cat food out in the alley for years. And I was like, who's leaving this cat food? And so finally, he I ran into him. He actually came here looking for one of the cats in the neighborhood. A white guy that drives all the way from West Hollywood to come over here to feed the neighborhood cats. He usually kind of traps them too and gets them fixed and then... Puts him back out on the street, but that's his life, right? And I and I don't. That wanna... is his life. Like he's a cat man. Like he goes around neighborhoods, right? And then now in my in my youthful days before I matured, I would have said like most ignorant people say that white people do this all the time. <laughs> but now that I've matured and I understand that all people are all people. They're black, white, brown. There's just cat people. There are people who are who have a sensitivity to the world, the the global, the 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 the, the climate, the different things that. And I was thinking because I was on campus today looking at these little seventh and eighth and ninth graders, and I'm like, which one of them are gonna be that person? And it's some you could tell are not gonna be that person. They like they going they gonna exploit that little cat person. But it, it's you. I was wondering how do they develop that? What happens to make to, to, for that commitment? I, I feel you. I feel somewhat less than not not a lot. I feel like I do. Maybe what I growing do. up with animals, like we grew up with dogs. Like we've always had dogs growing up. So I think that might make people more. I guess sensitive to animals is that the question? I don't, I don't know. Well, because see, we'll be Cole three and I'll be watching TV, and you know how that dog commercial comes with the sad, sad music. Sad dog, yeah. And Cole B three like, nope, nope, 
I'm like, she's like, no, that, that I'm not feeling that dog. She's not, because I was like, you, you want to get that dog? She's like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting that dog. And, you know, she's like, no. <laughs> but does she dog. like dogs in general? Not, not, not to the point where. She wants she, one. She, yeah. She like cats? No, she, she's, she's a human person. Oh. She's more of saving humans. She already has a pet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> True that. And, and shout out to um, Code 3. Um, she uh, went on a, she saved a baby, a baby that was abducted. I know, and you were so proud. I was. Louis sent me a picture I was. of I Code was 3. Very, seeing her in her element, and that Aww, was the first picture she had sent me. That made me. you love her even more, huh? Yeah, I know she's that kind of person. But the way she was holding that baby, you could just her work is important. Does to she her. have children? No. 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 Okay. So, um, but the way she was holding that baby, and um, but I love when she puts on her gear. Normally she's is in, it a turn on? She's in slacks. Like and, you love it, and her but gun is and, it a turn on? Oh yeah, when she has her gun on, when she has her badge and her gun. A rap, and she has her like has a sweater on. Has she ever handcuffed you, Lewis? No, no, come on. No, but when she puts on her tactical gear, her little boots, and her pants, and her vest, and that, I mean, she looks so powerful. And I've always been had a thing because I wanted to be a cop for women in uniform. Yeah, yeah, especially little because she's a tiny thing, but she gets really big, and she can handle herself. Because certain times she's we've been playing around. And she'll and she grab my thumb. Yeah, and she'll grab my thumb because she knows how to grab certain parts and make you like, hey, you know. So she's uh, she can turn it on. Um, so I was very proud of her. And and shout out to all the uh, law enforcement who 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 do the right thing and, and save people. Yeah, it was a beautiful picture. She yeah, should, um, you should get that framed for her. I was thinking about doing that for her birthday. I don't know how. I got to figure uh, out how to do that. She might be listening now. So oh, that's true. But I was I was gonna figure out how to do that because her birthday's coming up. No, her birthday's not coming up. Just uh, I don't believe she's not ever handcuffed you to the bed. No, I, no, we're not, I'm not in the black men. <laughs> black men don't play <laughs> to get handcuffed when it can happen for real. You got to be a special kind of guy. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't like that to, for real. You know, that's just some, no. Um, so I was thinking, I remember where I was to, to piggy, go back to circle back to Kobe mm -hmm. when I heard I was actually coaching a basketball game. A youth basketball game. Wow. And we just started hearing, roo, 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 roo. people started looking at the phone, looking at the phone. And then the other coach next to me was like, oh, man. Can't do that. And they stopped the game. And, of course, these were like third and fourth graders, fourth and fifth graders. And their parents went and told them. So now we got a bunch of fourth, fifth graders crying on the court. So we had to bring them together and say, hey, listen, you know. Kobe would want you guys to play really hard and 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 do your best and let's go and we kind of calmed everyone down, but I was I was it was shocking, and then I thought of uh, which one was more shocking, Michael Jackson, Prince, or Kobe. I'm gonna say Kobe, because um, where I was here at the studio and I, I was um, browsing the net and saw that it was on TMZ, TMZ's website. Mm -hmm. And so I searched around because it was just shocking and hard to believe that. Like, So right. I think the most tragic would be Kobe and Gigi. Right. Because Prince and Michael Jackson, they really lived reckless lives. They 
they were they were addicted to drugs right and you kind of expect that to to happen at some point right but this was sudden this was i don't know i just think that um and and i just i think it in in the fact that it was him and his daughter yeah i think that really got you know um uh yeah and yeah that was pretty um i i know a lot of people who cried when michael and prince and a lot of men cried when kobe died um so may they all rest in peace he was definitely gone too soon um but then I was, oh, we have, somebody's supposed to be calling me. Kente, I'm waiting. Oh, he's at 1130. Yeah. And what was so funny is I had Jeff's buddy come and call in today, and I was going to surprise him and let him interview him. Um, Man, Jeff is out being a, <laughs> being a celeb right now. Yeah, he, he got, um, so what's the call-in number so I can. It's 323-815. Four two zero four. Dan wants to know. I don't know why. I don't know why we need to hear from him. <laughs> Vin is going to call. Uh you got. It. <laughs> we miss Dannon. Yeah, Dannon's funny. Dannon's funny. I, he's a good guy. I, I want to like him more than I do. <laughs> what does that mean? I, I know. It's. I have this thing. I want to. You know, it's certain people I want to like more, but I just. <laughs> That's cold. I, I know, and I just. I, you know, he's a good guy. He's from Philly. I just think I want to like him more, and I'm just trying, you know. But I just, uh, you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe once he gets his lists together, I'll, uh, I'll become more. You know, I'm just kidding. That's wrong. Uh, and but that's the way I've always been with, with LA and this. And, and you know, I have the friends I grew up with, but and the coaches, but I really don't have uh, friends like that except Jeff I really don't have and I don't know what that's about uh I figure I'm I'm, I'm I feel like I'm a good friend somewhat but I'm not just uh, I for, I left the picture out of Jeff oh please let's for go. the people who's just joining here's a Jeff is out today because that's a nice picture of Jeff not the guy the guy hurts the picture <laughs> Jeff looks really handsome there <laughs> and you can't really tell he's cockeyed I mean it's <laughs> He straightened that eye out for that picture. Uh, <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah, that's a great picture of him. Let me just go back through him because a few other people joined the chat room. Jeff is in here today because he's on a photo shoot for James Westbrook's new, I guess, casual wear. Yeah, which is Russell Westbrook's brother. Yeah. Um, is that his brother in the picture? No, I don't think so. I like that picture. That's a nice shirt, sweatshirt on Jeff. I always have different slacks. Yeah, I like how her outfit is, too. Her outfit is cute. Especially, I love a woman in sneaks and a dress like that. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Why? It, I, looks, it just it looks fake. Yeah, it looks very fake. It looks like... He trying to get some. No, it looks like he should have both hands over her shoulder. But then again, you wouldn't be able to see the outfit. See, he has his hand like... Touching her ass almost, so it's oh, like he's he should trying have his, to seduce her. He should have his hand over her hand or on some. I, I just don't. Uh, I don't yeah, I don't so know what's happening. There's Jeff in all his look at his glory. focus. Yeah, he focused because he's a stage guy, stage manager, so he knows how to stay focused. So good for Jeff. <laughs> uh, but I like that first one. Uh, he, Jeff is a handsome guy, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Jeff is uh, modeling for that clothing line. I guess they're trying to reach an older demographic. Perhaps? Yeah, so look at Jeff. Uh, uh, any uh, swap meet you go, you'll see a picture of Jeff <laughs> hanging, you know. or No, Macy's. I'm sure he'll be in the, maybe this might This might kick him off. He might become the model of models. Somebody see that, and then Jeff is on his way. Well, we need that uh, demographic. Yes, yeah, so he might become that be guy. fly, too. Yeah, so Jeff might be that. You might see Jeff on billboards. Whoa, I better check myself. <laughs> Sorry about that, Jeff. Everything he I've might, said about you. He might uh, decide he don't want you on the show no Yeah, more. he might be doing his own. Yeah, yeah. Just so and then I'll be doing my own podcast, please. Yes. Um, so, so we got Kente in the, um, that just is just now um, coming in. Well, he's a Christian, so he can wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> Christians are used to waiting, you know. I know, it's still waiting for Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they, they got they to gotta wait. They, they believe. Same thing like he wasn't in church last week. <laughs> no. He's got a, it's so funny, his voice sounds uh, 51. I know, I called him, I go, are you, were, were you asleep, Kente? He, like- <laughs> he looks 12, but his voice sounds, okay, let's let's do this. Uh, uh, this, uh gentleman is an actor comedian producer and director now i read and i'm going to wait till he comes on but i read his net worth was 1.6 million <laughs> then i pulled something else up and it said 400,000 so i was like then i looked up mine and mine said 12.6 million <laughs> wow i know so i'm like and i was thinking well if i had made it that that's probably what they say if i had made it i would have been 12 point but uh he's from oakland california and this is the, like the third guy that's a ucla alumni that we've that alum that we've interviewed, Chris Spencer, um, Sully, is, uh, it's amazing that these guys are uh, all with the UCLA. Uh, he played the lead role in Showtime's critically acclaimed movie, They Call Me Sir, co-starring the late great actor Michael Clark Duncan. And so um, he also, his first feature is coming out from his production company, Legacy Films Entertainment, called, uh, it's an urban horror flick called Billy Doo. Uh, please welcome uh, Mr. Kente Scott, and he does a comedy. Th- hey, Kente, how are you? Hey, what's up, Lewis? How you doing? Good, man. And now that's an interesting wall behind you. It's, it's just a wall. It's just a wall. <laughs> okay, but the, the so blue- it looks like seventies. Like how do you? Well, stuck you know, on the wall? I live over here in uh, the L.A., and some of the places they haven't redone the inside since they okay. built them in 1940. It looked like Devil in a Blue Dress. On yeah. the outside. The blue is popping, though. It's a nice blue. Thank you, uh, thank you. Since we were talking about modeling, Jeff is modeling right now. Did you see those pictures? No. Jeff is Jeff. Yeah, Jeff is model, on, yeah that's why he's not here today. He's he's modeling Russell Westbrook's clothing line. Can we show Kente? Oh. Um, some, yeah. These are some of Jeff's yeah. pictures. He's uh, <laughs> the role of the elderly guy. That's Jeff. Okay. And so, there you go. All right. And... That's a tough you one. Gotta, you, gotta, you gotta do the, the tough feet out, you know. Yeah, the perpendicular make- foot pose. <laughs> <laughs> 90 degree angle foot pose. That means I'm gangster. <laughs> right. I just got out. And, and that's his blended family. The, okay, yeah. They are doesn't the little blended. the little boy, the dark kid look like the kid in the movie Us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the tall dude looks like the, the kid in uh, Get Out. So he got everybody from uh, Jordan Peele's movie. <laughs> That's the scariest blended family ever. I'm never going to sleep in that house. <laughs> I'm going to sleep in the car, baby. And I'm that fine. That right there looks... That's a great picture of Jeff. 
I think it's a great picture of Jeff. You can't. That is. Yeah, look, you can't. Even. Look, look like a Benetton ad or something. Yeah. So Jeff, we were like, Jeff's gonna blow up and be on billboards, and then we're gonna all have to apologize for saying, you know, that he wasn't as funny as us. Um, <laughs> but he is. I gotta say, I gotta stop saying that. That was part of him coming back on the show with me not to hurt. Uh, okay. So listen, oh, you, uh, how are you? First of all. I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate you. Give me so much notice. Yeah, I know. I called him yesterday. Because <laughs> everyone else said no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. Yeah, I know. No. He was like, let me roll through this. David oh, here Arnold. we go. Kenta, yeah. he always responds. Yeah, you were the K's. David Arnold, yeah. he's shooting his comedy special in Cleveland. So, you know, and Tony Rock is having some surgery. So, mm -hmm. um, but um, you now you attended UCLA. Went to UCLA. I actually went to UCLA with Chris and Suli. They were a couple years older than me, but we all, they used to have a, when they had black people at UCLA, they had a program called Freshman Summer Program or Transfer Summer Program where all the minority students came for like six weeks uh, before school started and you really bonded, took a couple of classes, but it was six weeks of hanging out. So I've known Chris Spencer since way back at UCLA. Sully McCullough, too. So so do you guys talk about that when you get together? Is that a thing that's just between you guys? Because none of us never knew, really knew that. I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, it's like, it's, I, I think it's kind of like whatever college you went to, if you see folks from there, then you guys have that college experience. But, yeah, you wouldn't be like, we wouldn't be hanging out at, at the Regency West theater and be like hey man remember that time on Bruin Walk yeah, but that's no. but yeah. that's interesting because I feel like that's what other people do that you know they will when you're sitting around a bunch of or listening to a bunch of other people talk they talk about their in mixed company that the cop remember that time mm -hmm. at UCLA like we've never I re, I knew about Chris Spencer because he talked about it and Suli because he tried to get Sinbad a, a computer at a at a discount price <laughs> back on a different With, world. Does UCLA discount? Yes. So, and then when <laughs> I read through, I was like, well, that's something we all should know. Cause whenever I interview anyone, I love to talk about their college mm -hmm. experience. And I just think that's, we should hear more about that, about well, you guys, you know. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, I, yeah, you, you're right. But also when, when we're together, like we're coworkers, we're also friends, but we're coworkers. So, when we're together, it's usually in a in a work setting. So you know, when when it's me, Chris, uh, Suli, and some other uh, comedian friend—I mean, not comedian UCLA friends of ours—then we have that conversation. Or you know, if it's mixed company and we're out on a non-work setting, like at a bar or, or watching a game or something, then we'll talk about. Remember that time at UCLA, Chris, when you thought you was Magic Johnson in the Wooden Center and. Right, that's what it was Chris terrible said. passing ball. That was yeah. one of his, one of his regrets that he didn't walk on to UCLA basketball team because he said yeah, he used Chris probably that's I mean that's a regret he had. But UCLA's basketball team at that time had Reggie Miller, uh, Don McLean. They had players in the league. Chris was great in the Wooden Center. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Question, uh, well, a lot of these would be questions. How did you get into comedy? <laughs> well, actually, I, I was at UCLA. Um, I come from a, a roasting, bagging family. And so every Thanksgiving, my mother would come down and we'd go over to my aunt's house and my cousins and I would just sit around just going in on each other. And so I think it was like my senior year uh, or somewhere around there, she was like, I'm coming to LA and I'm not leaving until you get on stage somewhere. Cause I'm tired of you giving away these jokes for free. And so uh, 
after about a week, I was like, oh, she's really not leaving. So we went up to the comedy store because that's the only place I knew that had open mics at that time. Mm-hmm. So went up to the comedy store, uh, signed up for the the open mic on Sundays where, you know, it's like a lottery. And I was like, OK, it was if I get picked, then I'm supposed to do it. If I don't, then I could be like, hey, I didn't, I didn't get picked, so I can't do it. Mom, you got to go home. And they end up picking me. I uh, did three minutes. They laughed enough for me to feel like I could try it. Uh, so after that, I took a, I had a book that I, every time, every, every some, or quarter at UCLA, I'd buy a book in the bookstore that had nothing to do with, with school. It was just like random reading because I'm a cool nerd. So I've been reading since I was like four, <laughs> like big novels and stuff. So I had this book by Judy Carter called The Art of Stand-Up Comedy. And back then on the back, it had your her contact information. So I reached out to her and she was doing a six week writing workshop. So went to her workshop, found out how to actually write jokes. Uh, after taking her workshop twice, I had 10 minutes of jokes. And my first paid gig was in Oakland at uh, the End Zone, <laughs> hosted by Joey Wells in, on 35th and East 14th, The Hood. And the only advice he gave me was, uh, you see these dudes in the front row, if they say, when they say, all right, partner, that's enough, wrap it up, get off the stage, because they are real true killers. So my whole goal was to get through my 10 minute set without them without them uh, ushering me off stage. And I made it through. So Joey is from Oakland. Joey's from, Joey's from Oakland, went to San Jose State, and you know he was the, the, the resident Bay Area ho- Oakland host at the time. Okay. Um- so I want to circle back to UCLA. You said, I found out, this is what I read. I'm not if it's true, but did your dad wanted you to be a doctor? Yes. Yeah, my father was one of those, you don't know what you're going to do, so I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. Because uh, when I was little, I was like, I want to be a fireman. And he was like, that's fine. You'll be a fireman, but you'll be the only one on the truck with a doctorate. And I was like, okay. So even when I went to UCLA, I wanted to go into Claire because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And he was like, you're going to be a biology major. And I was smart enough to to take the classes and pass the classes and get good enough grades in the classes. But I, you know, the people that I know that are doctors to this day knew they wanted to be doctors when they walked on the UCLA's campus. And I was like, I don't know. I don't want nobody to die on the table. So let me let me find out the doctors I could do where I can take uh, at least one day off. I could wear my earring when I want to wear it and nobody dies on my operating table. So. And, and if and if I'd have known about the, the sports medicine industry at that time, if it was booming now, like it, I mean, booming then like it was like it is now, I might have been more inclined to stick with it. But, yeah, I, I couldn't I don't deal with blood. So well, maybe you so. could have been like a trainer, sports yeah. medicine. Something yeah, like that. yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, some of those sports injuries like Paul George, he just would have had to. Oh, no, you you had to fix that yourself. Give him some. Give him some tussing and tell him to walk it off because I can't look at that. Now, were you an athlete? Yeah, what played football and tennis. What's, and what, sport, uh, what, what position I, in football? Corner, defensive back. Uh, I was, I was, I was Lester Hayes uh, and Deion Sanders every time I got on the field. Okay. Now, did you, being a tennis guy, mm-hmm. did you enjoy the the King Richard, the, the story of Serena and? Yeah, uh, I I could I could relate to it not on that level because because uh, Richard Williams was like he was like Tiger Woods dad like Joe Jackson like you this is what you guys are gonna do but every Saturday I would have to get up at seven in the morning 
and my moms would get me up and we'd go over to train with my uh, tennis coach from like fifth grade all the way through 12th grade. And, uh, you know, it, I, I realized like you have to be like Richard Williams or, or Joe Jackson or, or Tiger Woods in those elitist type sports because one, they train every day. They, uh, little white kids have tennis courts on their, in their backyard. So they train every day. The coaches come to their house. You don't have to go find the coach. Uh, and two, they don't want us in there. Like every time I'd play against a, a kid, a, a white kid, uh, it'd be, yeah, show this, show this, show him, show him how we do it. The parents would be saying that. So it's a lot that you have to get through. And I was like, I like it, but I don't like it enough to be dealing with all this overt racism. So the racism was real. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because they, they think, and, and my parents, we, my parents had their own business. So we had, you know, nice money, but they think as soon as you show up, you're an inner city kid on some tennis, tennis, teach the youth program or something like that. Like you can't actually uh, have access to the things that they have or, or the places where they are uh, at that time, you know, just on your own merit. You have to be in some save the children program or something. So you grew up upper, upper middle class? Yeah. Yeah. Like here, Oakland, and I'm actually uh, writing a script on it, my, my sister and I, Oakland in the 90s was like Atlanta is now in terms of black business. Okay. Uh, and my parents had their own company. It was like my, it was six or seven black owned companies who were in the, the, the black enterprise top 100 uh, businesses every year during that time. And because Oakland was what it was and Oakland's history, you know, of the Black Panthers and all of that, Oakland was always on the feds radar. So when Oakland was, when the feds were monitoring the drug dealers, they started monitoring these black businesses and were like, how are they making legitimate money? They can't be doing that. And it, and in some, in the mid nineties, the feds came in and shut down all the black businesses uh, on charges that may or may not have had real merit to them. But in that time, if you shut down a business for a week and put it in the newspaper, then its credibility was shot. So Did Oakland has never been the same since then. But at that time, Oakland was the, the, the second chocolate city only to Washington, D.C. Did that affect your parents' business? Oh, yeah. What, yeah, what, what they, kind of they, business was it? They had a they had a uh, catering and janitorial business, but they had government contracts. So the janitorial side was all government contracts. Uh, it was a eight A program, which which was created back in the late sixties, which uh, allows uh, them to set aside contracts for minorities, women owned businesses. It's still going to this day. Uh, but my parents and a group of friends found out about it and basically pimped the system, but not pimped the system. They got in and did exactly what the system said to do. And then they did what the system usually does is they were like, oh, they're doing too well. Let's change the rules. So they, they came in, uh, they, they uh, had to uh, file a chapter 13 or 11 or bankruptcy basically. And yeah, shut down the business. But at, at their height, they, they, they had 600 employees in their company uh, in terms of all of their contracts, uh, 85% of them were African-American or minority uh, employees. So, you know, they were helping out a lot of folks and, folk, you know, 
Sometimes they don't like that, (laughs) especially from Oakland. Yeah, true. Uh, Now, I know in your act, when I've heard you, you talk about your daughter. Is that the only child you have? Yeah, that's the only one I have. Now, now, how how old were you when you had your daughter? I was a senior, so I was like 21, 22 when I had my daughter. Oh, you were a senior Uh, in college? Yeah, senior in college in my my fifth year, (laughs) fifth and a half. Now, Uh, how did you respond when you were told that you were going to be a father? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's crazy because at first I was, you know, I'm like, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> that's, that's not gonna happen. Something gonna happen. I, I'm too young because my whole thing was, I'm not going to be a father. I'm not going to be a parent until I'm married. And then of course I did everything to become a parent <laughs> without being married. <laughs> like <laughs> you got to take steps if you're going to be doing these things to not be a parent before you get married. So uh, but when they told when she, when the doctor told us because we went to the hospital because she had headache or something, and they were like, "Oh yeah, she's pregnant." And I was like, "Ooh, okay. Well, I don't know what we're gonna do now." That must have been and a then, serious headache that she went to the hospital for just the headache. Because she had done something silly like taking too much aspirin and had a reaction to it, and they were like, "Well, you can't be doing that because you're pregnant." And I look young now, so I look 12 then. So they basically were looking like, who are these little kids coming in here playing house? Uh, And so, but here, the crazy part is her father, my daughter's mother's father is a preacher. So we had, I was like, well, since we're going to have a kid, we got to, we got to tell everybody. So I told my parents and they were like, all right, well, what you going to do now? And I was like, take care of my dog, take care of my child. Her parents were like, okay, when are you getting married? And I was like, uh, never. <laughs> I said, I'm going to be a good daddy. I never said I was going to be a husband. So you didn't marry so, her? That's the first thing I thought when you said preacher's daughter, that you had to marry her. Yeah, they were They were like, so yeah, they, I was like, um, I'm not. I'm going to be the best daddy I can be. But at that point, I realized me and her mama wasn't going to make it on the long term. So I was like, no, no, sir. So, so you didn't have yeah. any, so you, you didn't feel any pressure to marry her by her parents? I, I mean, yeah, they pressured. I felt the pressure. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't succumbing to it because I was like, no, you know your daughter better than I do. And the part I know, uh, one of us would have been up on some charges if, if we'd ever got married. So no, sir. Now, no, ma'am. We're not going to make it. Most men your age uh, would have crumbled and said, okay, and, and walked yeah, the walk. Yeah, nah. Because my, my thing was, I, like I said, I signed on to be a dad from that. I didn't sign on to be a husband from that. And, you know, we put the cart before the horse, but I wasn't going to go back and, and take the horse when it's nowhere near a thoroughbred. This is this is a nag right here. This one got a, a sway back. I don't want that horse. Oh, you are so... That's your daughter's mama. Ooh. Hey, it is. It is. And that she is. And thank you for that part. But... <laughs> Go be my wife. So what's your baby girl doing now? What's her name? My daughter's name is Tyler. Um, she says I can't stay her age anymore in public oh, no, I, I because mean, it makes... Yeah, what, what is she doing? What does she do? Uh, she she does... Well, actually, she's following an entertainment world. So she's a, a, a video blogger. She has her own uh, podcast called Eargasmic Music. She interviews up-and-coming local rappers and music artists and all that. Uh, she's gotten into being the video girl now, which I'm like, uh, she called herself a video vixen the other day. And I was like, no, you're not. Stop it. Cut it out. We read that book. I wish I would. <laughs> uh, is there any subject you won't touch? On stage? Yeah. 
Um, we know you'll touch the subject because you just dog out your baby's mama. So we I mean, know that yeah. off. I'm talking I, about I, on stage. I, yeah. Uh, no. Um, I don't think so. I think anything can be talked about. It's just how you talk about it. Um, like, you know, we're in the, the height of the cancel era of comedians. But, you know, coming up, I was Richard Pryor fan, Eddie Murphy fan, Robin Williams, George Carlin. And they talked about everything. But it's just how you talk about it. Like, you know, I, I have a joke about my grandmother who's 103 three years old. And when I get into it, at first, people get tight because I'm like, my, my mother's like, you, you, you can't go to Houston if you don't have a vaccine because you don't want your grandmother to suddenly die. And I'm like, my grandmother's 103. She's not suddenly dying. She's not suddenly doing anything. She don't suddenly wake up. She don't suddenly go to sleep. And, and at that point, the audience always gets tight. And I'm like, hey, don't trip. I believe everybody over 94 knows exactly when they're going home to see Jesus because they've already called him and told him when I'm coming home to see you. So I, I do the whole act out on that and then they come back around. So I, I think, it, it, you know, I was always taught as the comedian, you always have to come from the point of the, the, the underdog or the victim. So as long as you're not, you know, trashing anybody else's lifestyle or culture, in your joke, then you can talk about it, you know, because these are these are our experiences. But, you know, that, people are very sensitive now. You you do a show, you produce a show along with Dino Shorte mm -hmm. um, at the at at uh, at at what is it? Uh, well, Faithful Central. Faithful Central. Faithful Central. I was going to say Delivery Comedy room. Central, but Faithful Central. We'll take that. Uh, Faithful Central with Pastor Omar. He's still the pastor, right? He's still the pastor. Still um, up in there. I used to go to his church when he was at 62nd and Hoover. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning. Um, so you um, you guys do a comedy cafe there. Mm -hmm. Is there, and you, you have to actually tell certain comics that make sure you don't go there. Right, right, yeah. Has anyone I, uh, ever gone there? Um, two, two comics went there. One kind of went there, the other one went there. Like it's a, it's a clean show, it's a church crowd, but I tell them it's not your typical church crowd. You can have fun with them, you can push the envelope, you can, you can say some things. Can't do blatant sex jokes, you can't curse, of course. And uh, you can't, um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. And, and no, no, no long-winded drug jokes. Uh, so uh, we had one comic who was like, I have this joke, and I say, can we cuss on here? Is that yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So <laughs> make sure. So uh, he said, I, I want to say new pussy, but I can't say pussy. So I said, no, you can't say that. So say something else. My fault was not in telling him exactly what he could say, like new chick or a new woman or something like that. So he gets on there and says, so you don't want to lose your old coochie, your for show coochie, for some mo coochie and then have no coochie. And the audience was like, oh, and I'm backstage like, oh no, why is he saying this? And but the and so they after the show, they were like, we we get it, baby. You didn't know what to say because Fable Central. Actually, he was, was quoting forgiving. the odd squad. Yes. That was a song, yeah. a rap song. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and he was trying, you know, saying it from his daddy's perspective, who used to be a pimp or something like that. Uh, so, but in church crowd, coochie is like, 
<laughs> what is he saying? Right. And they did you know, not, they, all, they, they gasped, they didn't laugh. They always gasped. They always turned into a classroom full of third graders that heard their first bad word ever. Could, like, could he have put it any other way that, or he could he have said, just trashed the joke altogether? Well, no, he could have, like I told him afterwards, you could have still done the joke, but you should have said, don't get rid of your for show chick for some mo chick and then have no chick. You right. can't, right. you know, that's the, the closest you can get to that in terms of talking about <laughs> woman's vagina. Right. He was like, yeah, because he was like, could I say vagina? I was like, no, you can't say vagina. You can't say penis. This is this is a right. church. So he thought, he <laughs> so, thought coochie. It was a lowercase c, I guess. Man. Yeah, exactly. He was like, I can say coochie because we said it in middle school. I was like, no, no, no. And then the second, wow. the second guy, it was worse <laughs> the, than the that. The second guy. Uh, first, the first time we had a, a white comedian on our show, uh, he, he got up and he was asking me all week, can I say, can I talk about smoking weed? I was like, probably not. He was like, can I talk about watching porn? I was like, definitely not. And so he's doing his set and it's, he's doing like 15 minutes, 11 minutes, 11, 12 minutes in, he's killing them. He's doing well. And he's doing this joke. And I know the joke and I'm listening to the joke backstage and I'm like, okay, cool. He's doing it. And at a certain point, he says, and I took the candy cane and threw it on the ground and stepped on it. And I, he said, I said, ain't nobody getting none of this goddamn candy cane. And it went in slow motion because I was backstage like, I know he's not saying this. And the audience was like, oh. And he was like, what I say? what I say? And he finished his set. Luckily, you know, he had got enough comedy clout in the room that they didn't just turn on him. And they, you know, he got out of it, got off stage and backstage, he was like, I've never been to church before. So if I wouldn't, if I'd have said, got damn, would that have been fine? I said, no, first of all, you can't say damn. Second of all, you definitely can't say goddamn because that's at the top of the can't cuss in the Christian venue (laughs) cuss words list. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, my bad. The good thing about it was I went on stage after he got off and roasted him for 10 minutes uh, about him cussing because he was the first one to really break the cussing cherry for us, I guess. And I was like, see, this is why you can't have others come to your house. They fool around and gentrify your comedy show. (laughs) (laughs) So are you now doing just clean comedy? Uh... No. No, I I do both. Uh, Because it's crazy because I have people that would be like, I don't want to come see you do clean. I want to come see you cuss. And then I have people that be like, I don't want to see you because let me know when your clean show is. So I'm like, well, cool. I like to do and both of them. Come to church. And <laughs> come to church. Yeah, come to church to see the clean. And come to uh, wherever I'm at outside the church. So what if church if they, people show up to your show? I've had church people show up to my show. It's funny because. They say, Where are you performing do, at? Kente, I'm going to come see you. <laughs> they do. They be like, I'm finally. You know, they, every, every show, even a show did uh, at the improv and. Monday, they, Faithful Central in the house. I was like, oh, shit. They were like, don't worry about it. We know you're not at church right now. Uh, I do a Quakes House radio show on Sirius XM, and it's no holes bar on there. It's wild. They be yeah. talking about all kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, and that's one cool. of the pastors from the church was like, hey, Kente, I heard you on a Quakes House radio show. I was like, uh, you only you allowed, You're like, only allowed to say Quakes That shit was funny. Once. That's probably what he said. Oh, Quakes <laughs> yeah. Twice. yeah, exactly. So he was like, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Pastor Jordan, my bad. He was like, no, I love that shit. Keep doing it, man. I know what you're doing out there. (laughs) I was like, oh, whoo, okay, cool. Because even Bishop Omer has said, you know, I I was in the Marines, 
So as a Christian, I cuss less than I used to. And I'm like, oh, good. That's me. I cuss less than I used to. I, I feel like when we get to heaven, it's going to be like a little Man. cussing section. You can go cuss in, but you just can't do it around God when he walks through. They'd be like, I, hey, Jesus I, coming. Man, I've seen so many uh, religious leaders like be, yes. you know, like off the record talking mm-hmm. mad shit, like yes. cussing yes. worse than a, a sailor. But I sailor. wanted to... Uh, Say this. Uh, someone in the chat room said Cosby told Lou to replace the word coochie with pudding. <laughs> <laughs> These people in the chat room are so funny. Um, oh, Mr. Chapman. I, 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 had, I had some things I wanted to ask you. Um, is we were I, I hadn't mentioned this, I, but I was That's thinking hilarious. the other day about things that our parents told us we couldn't do. And then going mm-hmm. back to your parents some things that they told you, uh, well, you had to declare that, but you know, growing up, you don't pick, don't slouch, don't slouch, sit up. Yeah. Don't, what are some of the things your parent, you remember your parents telling you? <laughs> uh, two things I remember my parents telling me that were sounded like family deal breakers. One was if you ever go to jail, I'm leaving you there. So I was like, okay, I feel like that might actually happen. The second one was my mama said, if you ever bring a white girl home, don't come home. And I was like, well, that, that's like an oxymoron. How can I come home with a white girl? And then don't come home. I was like, oh, you trying to say you're going to kick me out the house. So that those two <laughs> stuck in my head forever. Like, okay, I'm not going to jail and I'm probably not going to date white women because Kente right. and Amy don't go together in this house. Right. Their mind said, if, if she can't use our comb, don't bring her home. That's what we were Pretty doing. much. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, is there certain gadgets that, that, that you are attached to? way too much like a coffee maker outside of your cell phone yeah outside oh of your cell phone. okay okay yeah i was about to say everybody's attached to that thing now uh my daughter for i've been a video game head since i was five and my daughter fooled around and bought me playstation 5 for father's day uh last summer last june and i'm i'm way too attached to that thing <laughs> i'm like uh, like who's online to play madden who want to see me in 2k <laughs> yeah so now you play uh, other people that's somewhere yes. else against- play other people because it's all online now so you know you'll be talking trash and you'll hear somebody's mama like hey he's eight years old stop talking to him like he's the grown man <laughs> but, oh my bad <laughs> so i didn't know that was a real thing have you oh, ever yeah. played against someone that you didn't know it was someone that you know and then you say oh i know you uh yes both of those uh because you know you got your your handles and most of the people don't put like, you know, that Lewis Dix at 25 on the handle. They put like some creative ass name or something. And a lot of people don't know that Contagious is me. So I was actually playing <laughs> Madden against the guy that my daughter was dating at the time. And I think he kind of looked me up on purpose <laughs> to play me because he challenged me. And then uh, I beat him, and I, I was like, "Yeah, I just beat this fool." And he was talking hella trash. And my daughter was like, "That's that's that's my boyfriend, Daddy." I was like, "Hey, man, you Whoa, can't, I ain't even met him in person. You can't hilarious. come in here trying to think this is a virtual meeting." That is hilarious. That's um, I have some things I want to ask you that you that you either do well or you don't do well. Can mm-hmm. you spell? Oh, I'm fifth grade spelling bee champion. I spell <laughs> everything. So you, you know, uh, poet is no. I used to have word of the day with Kente. Yep. Okay. Uh, Can you cook? I can cook. Yes. My mother is a caterer. uh, And before I left for UCLA, she was like, I'm going to teach you how to cook at least 
five things because I don't want you down there eating ramen and waiting for some girl to cook you some food. So I'm going to teach you how to cook some things. So, yes, I know how to cook very well. You golf? Golf, yes. Yes, took that up. Well, took it up years ago because I got invited to a few celebrity events and thought I could play just because I was an athlete and golf golf is non-athletic. So I had to forget everything I knew about that. Took some lessons from an old black man over at Westchester Golf Course over by LAX. And uh, during the pandemic, that was like one of the only things we could do. So I'm low key addicted to it. I get out like once a week with it. Good. Now you play an instrument? Uh, no, no. I stopped fooling around and lying to myself about being a jazz uh, saxophonist back in eighth grade when I could only play the first three bars of Silent Night. Can you climb a fence or a tree? Yes, uh, can fly, climb a fence. I, uh, I don't know if I can do the old school flip over at the top, but I can still climb a fence. Oh, really? Um, okay. I, don't, I don't know the last time I've ever had the inkling to try and climb a tree, though, so <laughs> I'm going to go with no. <laughs> can you swim? Yes, can swim. Uh, my sister is a registered lifeguard. I'm good enough to be intermediate because I couldn't tread water for five minutes without gra- grabbing the side, but I can swim. I can save my life in the water. What's been your most expensive purchase? Oh, uh, I guess this damn uh, C300 I bought last year. I'm trying to put it, <laughs> thinking I was going to, it's going to be a rental car. I'm going to rent it out every month. It's going to pay the, pay the note. Yeah, no, it's great in the summer. Now, but, C300, uh, that's a Mercedes? Mercedes, yes. Okay. All right. Um, what, um, do you deal with scary movies? Love scary movies. I love scary movies. I'm a horror movie fan. Like the first scary movie I saw, my aunt was like, I'm going to let you watch Exorcist. And if you have nightmares, then you can't watch no more scary movies. So that, that's been all of them since Exorcist, Friday the 13th through Friday the 13th, part 12, uh, all of them. You love scared, horror movies. Are you scared of heights? No, not scared of heights. Can you fight? Uh, I used to. I don't know the last time I been in a fight yeah, so, so growing up you could you could you could fight <laughs> yeah i mean like since i've been 30 i haven't been in a fight so i don't know if i could still fight but i feel like in my head i could fight for a good 15 seconds after that i might have to be like all right you win i quit all right, i'm now, out now this is a question i'm not allowed to ask but for some reason i'm i like the question but they always tease me that i i shouldn't be asking guys this question so poetess is going to put it oh, to you oh god i was about to say pause what are we doing here no <laughs> What's your favorite position? Oh, no, God, Lewis. he always asks, and this is so, we told him not to, but he, are asking. you a good kisser? The girls think you're a good kisser. <laughs> yeah, Lewis, that's probably, you should probably just scratch that one up. Wherever the page is, just tear the bottom of that off and throw it away. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, every woman that I've dated has said I'm a good kisser, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the, the Yelp reviews. Uh, the Yelp reviews. <laughs> and and I said last week, the last time Lewis asked a guy that question, that um, that's up to the person that's receiving the case. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's like, are you a good gift giver? Do they love the gifts you're giving? Right. Because <laughs> you think they're great. Do they be like, um, no, I don't want another spatula. So, right. yes. Yeah, I, if a guy can't kiss, I won't kiss him uh, anymore. You yeah, I, I feel like that's a deal breaker. I feel like that's the starter. You got that's the oh. baseline. You got to at least be know know how to. Be Lewis, a good are kiss. you oh. a good kisser? Yeah, maybe that's the way I should ask the question. Um, have you ever kissed a girl that wasn't a good kisser, and how do you feel about that? Oh yes, maybe yes. I should. Uh, that's how I should ask the question. 
right, because yeah. Okay. Yeah, here's, here's uh, the last I have. Okay, so here's the last question. Yeah, because we have a call. Okay. Uh, okay. What is something you wish you had experienced or wish you had not experienced in your life? Uh, I wish I had experienced, and it's still on my bucket list, is going to uh, Ghana in Africa because that's where my name Kente comes from. And I feel like if I go there, they'll parade me through the streets like I'm the king of Zamunda. That's how I got it in my mind. So that's I was going to go, but the pandemic came. So the last three years, that's been on my bucket list. Good for you. Good for you. Hey, Kente, I want to thank you for taking the time, man. I appreciate it. Fun. Learned a lot about you. Uh, and uh, stay safe. And uh, I hope Tyler uh, continues to make you proud of him. Good to see you. Uh, appreciate that. Good to Good see, to see you, y'all. Okay. Appreciate y'all having me anytime. Lewis, just call me 48 hours next time. Got and it. I'll be even more prepared. Done. I have the background and everything. <laughs> thank you. All right. Peace. <laughs> All right. I appreciate y'all. Uh, it was Bye. nice. It was Love a good interview. You smart guy. All right. We have a caller. What's up, caller? Who is it? What's going on, Louis Dick? I figured, oh, it's the man on the road. Okay. What's up, Danny? <laughs> it's all good, brother. How are you? Good. I wanted, to, we were trying to figure out, because I told Poetus, I said, he says he's on a four-hour drive. So I was trying to figure out, well, where is he going that's four hours from here? Is it Vegas? Well, actually, I'm going to Sam Hills Country Club outside of San Diego. Okay. So, but I have to, okay, if I would take the 15 south and cut across, it would be three and a half hours. But because I have issues driving through the mountains, I got to take the 10 going east and come down. So I added like another half an hour to my trip. No, I'm with you. That's a, that's a Philly thing. We don't like going to mountains and all that. Yeah, we ain't, yeah, I, yeah, I ain't going uh-uh. So uh, I'm going down, I'm going down here. It's a business, it's a business pleasure trip uh um i got a guy who uh uh invited me down to play golf and he's uh a multi one of those dudes and and so he's taking a liking to me and you know i think we've talked about this before sometimes you got to change your surroundings so you know i'm going down there to really network and and to you know talk a little bit business okay now this is interesting real quick you say so you met this guy where did you meet this guy Oh, I've known the guy for a minute. Um, he's a, he's a he's a uh, LA guy. Okay. But, so so he so what he did was uh, we had went out to dinner because uh, he's looking at one of my scripts, and then we were talking, and he's and he he's a big golfer, big golfer. He's like, yo man, I just did that, you know. And um, I said, okay, so you know he's one of those white guys from New York, so he's a fast talker and you know aggressive talker. So he goes, um, look man, let's uh. You know, I'm, 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 I want, let's go golfing here. I, I'll, you know, he's one of those guys like, don't ask me to borrow no money, but I'll pay for everything. I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> so know? now are you so, going to spend the night down there? Oh, we'll do, we'll do two days down there, down here. So are, I'm, we, we, go ahead. are you staying with him or at a hotel? Well, we rented out a, uh, a um, he rented out like a big house because there's going to be another guy there. There's uh, three. So it's total like four guys. Now so you, like, you know, it's business partner. Now you're the only black guy. I'm the only African American. Okay, all right. This seems <laughs> now. I'm just. I know you can handle yourself. You can fight, but it's. Yeah, I, and, it's, I, and I know where you're going with it. That's why I said <laughs> I'm the only African American. So okay. that, I know your language. Louis. No, no. <laughs> I'm. I'm just saying it's. I, I. Like, all right. We're always taught you roll with one of your boys. Right. Now you're not. You're not. 
apprehensive or you feel comfortable? What, what makes you feel comfortable to make this ride by yourself with these people that, the two people you don't know, right? No, that's wrong. I've known this guy for probably over 10 years. What, this one guy or all three of them? No, the one guy. The guy that's the, the, the head dude, the lead dude. Okay, so you've known him over, you know his family and all that. Yeah, yeah, he's out in the valley. Yeah, I know. Oh. I, I mean, you know, if it's if, like if you said, Dan, and meet me somewhere, I would, you know, I would feel the same about you, whether you were white or black, because I know you. Well, I don't appreciate that you feel more comfortable just as comfortable with him as you do me. That's kind of cold, but all right, I'm not mad. Well, you know, I'm changing my surroundings, so I got to, you know, I got to trust the white boys as much as I can trust an African American. No, no, well, <laughs> well, I mean, that's your Ohio State roots. I'm not, I'm not mad oh, at yeah. you. So that's okay, that's cool. you got both. You got Philly, Ohio State, so you can read both rooms. So I, I, I yes, can sir. see that. I can see that. Um, yes. But now, now, is there going to be? You've known him for, for, for ten years. Um, is it? Now, is it in the in the space that you guys are going to be staying at? Is it a certain thing like because there's certain things that we do as African Americans, like you know they don't use washcloths. You're going to use a washcloth. You know, I mean, what? No, well, like. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, folks. I don't, I don't know. I use washcloths. I don't know where you know he's saying? going with this. No, what where I meant is like, well, yeah, I, 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 yeah. well yeah. what I meant was like, okay. If it's not his house, but in the house, most people will give you a towel, well, a face towel. Well, it's an Airbnb, right? Right, it's Airbnb. So there's towels there. There's towels there. Yeah, thank you, folks. Thank you, folks. Secondly, it's a big house. You know, this dude is a, a money dude. <laughs> Danny said it's a big house. That's enough. So he's, he's trying to let you know okay. he's not sleeping with dude. No, I know he's not like, sleeping yeah, with dude. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 yeah, I guess no, you know. No. I mean, why Lewis would think one of his homeboys would go out like that? No, I no, I did not mean. I and knew. And why would you no. ask about a washcloth? Well, of because all you, well, in my mind, so no, in my mind, I I forgot that it was an Airbnb and not his house because I know that's sometimes when you stay at someone's house who doesn't know, they will give you a towel and you're like, where's the wash face cloth? And they're like, oh, you want a face cloth? Uh, what? Kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right, all right, moving on. So right. listen, uh, <laughs> how'd your audition go? Uh, the audition hasn't happened yet. I have to stop in Palm Springs at a friend's house and do the audition. It's at 2.15 and then continue to go to the house to the trip. So I'm leaving early so I can get to uh, my friend's place, stay there until they do the audition, and then I'm leaving from there. Okay. Well, are you ex- which, was one reason, which was one reason why I couldn't be in studio because... By the time I'd have left the studio, it'd have been one o'clock. Go back to the valley and do it. I wouldn't have hit the road to you know three o'clock, four o'clock, and then that's you know, I'd have been in all kinds of you know traffic. Well, I, I definitely think more of us should get outside of our comfort zone, like you said, and and experience different things with different kind of people and friends. So I, I definitely respect that. Um, but that's that's who that you've always been that way. I mean, because of. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know that's that's part of your uh, your appeal. Um, so um, well, be careful, uh, and hopefully we'll see you next week. On we have Tony Rock next week, and I'm sure you know him. Tony Rock, that's my man. And you'll come through. Be careful, uh, and uh, I will I will lose the washcloth question. I apologize for that. No, no, well, you know, Louis, it's okay because being a uh, <laughs> uh, as you a personality host, you know, it, it, you have to ask those questions to. You know, I guess to 
to, you know, the people to, to, to pay attention a little bit more. I'm like, what is he going to say? So I understand. But <laughs> I, I'm your boy. You know me too long. You didn't even have to ask those kind of questions to me, but it's okay. Yeah. But POTUS, if you're still there, what I have done also, which, you, which I will share with you now since you brought it up, was anytime I travel, I bring my own towel and washcloth and soap. So I have that in my bag. The, uh, Lewis brings his own pillow. Yes. Or he'll oh, steal you know it. Or I he'll have, steal it I from have. the hotel that we stay. Oh. We used to do. He was notorious for that when we were on tour with Fox. Right. Well, you you want to know something that was really interesting? What's funny is that I have a, a a blanket and a pillow, even though I know we're staying at a house. But because you just never know what they have there. You know, when I go to the Airbnbs in Palm Springs pillows and a lot of, especially those houses, because we stay in some big houses down there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So those rooms, each room has their own, if you've been to those kind of places, they have their own set of pillows, own set of uh, um, blankets and stuff like yeah, that. You know yeah, I mean? definitely. That, that, they're supposed to have that stuff, but I yes. feel you. I When I go to some hotels, I definitely bring my own blanket and sleep on top of the bed. Even, I mean, it's just sort of like a habit because really it's the um, bed spreads that they don't yes. change. What, they right, change the sheets. Is, yes. They might not. But one thing, I, go ahead. No, they may not change. They may not change the top blanket. Right. What I do is, I also, when I travel, I travel with a can of lights off. So when I go to hotels, I've always sprayed the hotels down. And I got that. I, I was taking this girl who was a airline stewardess, and she was the she was the one that explained that to me. That's that's what they do. So back in the day when I was messing with this girl, she told me that. So I always travel with a can of lights off and spray stuff down. But I'm assuming this resort. I don't know if you ever heard of Sam's Hill, but look it up. It's uh, it's, it's top dollar. Well, enjoy yourself, man. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Thanks for the call. All right, Big, all right, big Lou Owens. Appreciate you, Fotis. All right. Bigo, that's for the people in the chat room. Text uh, Lewis the address so, you know, if there's any funny business, he'll know where to find it. Yeah, well, well Lewis, yeah, Lewis, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a code on my phone. So if you get a text that says uh, 431, then um, it's, I need help. All right, you got it. You got it. Okay. All right. Nine one one. Don't don't answer that. Just the four three one. You got it. And, <laughs> all right, D. Later. And you know what's gonna happen, right, Poetus? What? I'm gonna get a text from him saying four three, and I'll be like, "What does that mean?" And then I'm gonna go back to sleep. <laughs> like what? Four one three. Is that Boston? Um, so hey, uh, really appreciate uh, Kente and 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 Danny Green calling in, and he was calling in because he was on the road. He was lonely. Yeah, you know, but that was weird. I, I, I see again. I'm weird like that. I've never stayed at an Airbnb. Oh no, they're just like uh, all the Airbnbs I've had. There, everything's there. The dishes, pots, pans, yeah. anything you need that you would have at home. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, I, I, I've never. Um, but good for him. He's got some good friends like that, and rich friends. And in a minute or so, we have another caller coming in, and and. And here's a shout out to Jeff. We had a, Jeff just told me that they had a we had a full house uh, last night at the Regency West. We I gotta Thursdays. go by there. I just saw that um, Mad Marv post uh, his a little bit of his stand up. Yeah, he last hosted night. last. Yeah. Uh, I'm hosting the fourth next week, and Jeff said we had a full house. And then Jeff tries to make me feel good. Oh, that's my birthday weekend, so I oh. may I may stop through and. 
Yeah, Jeff tried to make me feel good. He said, we had a full house last night. A lot of customers were asking for you. Uh, <laughs> right. right. They were asking for the model. Wait till, you, wait till they see your work. Um, but that was nice. And I was going to go, but I got home and I had Code 3 has been trying to cook. Um, reading when these you recipes. Say trying to cook. What well, does she's that trying. Mean? To, she's getting better at something. She's working on cooking meals and trying new dishes. And she made some um, spaghetti, and it was really good. Once I added ketchup, but um, no. So I had. I, I just didn't feel like. Normally, I would have rushed out, but I just felt like chilling, and. Um, because now I'm at a point now when I want to, when, I, when my brain and body says rest, I do it. Um, and I think everyone should take heed of that. That if your mind, your brain, and your body says, it'll tell you, just chill and rest, do it. Um, and uh, unless yeah, you're getting paid. Yeah, because I was surprised that your situation was as serious as it was. Yeah, and, and my, it's funny because now my daughter, who I had to call her, keeps calling me. You know, asking me, you know, how's your stomach? Da 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 da. When's your surgery? Da da da. And so, I guess you know that can make your um, your kids. Oh, what I was, um, I had um, thinking about. I'm sitting down outside at the school, and I'm looking at this trash can, and I'm like, that was a simple invention. And somebody invented that, and they're getting paid. A trash can. So I started thinking about that, you know, the simple things that, you know, like, you know, like trash cans, a, a, a cup, you know, um, just simple inventions. And then I started thinking about um, real inventions, you know, like the, the electricity, Ben Franklin. Then I started thinking about the airplane, the Wright brothers. And of course, all these, once you start looking up all these inventions, you start looking at how many African-Americans have created all this important stuff, you know, the, the traffic light. A lot of it was created out of necessity, like, you know. Yeah, in 1923, the traffic I think, light, Garrett uh, Morgan. African-American um, invented the refrigerator. Right, he, yeah, the guy, the, uh, the refrigerated truck, uh, Frederick McKinley Jones in 1940. And uh, the home security system was co-created by Mary Van Britten in 1966. Like, wow. And... Um, the Automatic Elevator Doors by Alexander Mile in 1887. That is crazy. An electric microphone, which we're using now, was by James E. West in 1964. And the yeah, carbon you know what? My dad invented, and man, my dad was a an electronic genius. And mm -hmm. we could be millionaires now, but he did not do the proper steps. But my dad actually invented wireless headphones back in the wow. 70s and 80s wow yeah so wow that was something and he had them i like he had a pair of like wireless headphones that he invented and it, he just never pursued the uh patent hmm. but uh anyway let's get into uh some of this right quick before your guy oh, comes I'm sorry, I, forgot. I didn't know that was a rundown, but okay, you and Jeff. That's funny. Okay, so this story I came across um, on the thegrio.com, shout out. 
that this guy um, was released from prison after 20 years because his twin brother confessed to the crime that he was in prison for. Wow. So he did like, I think, 10 years. And then his brother wrote him a letter in jail and said, hey, don't hate me. But (laughs) too late. (laughs) I'm the actual one that committed the crime. And so when the guy went to to confess to the crime, they didn't believe him because he was already in jail serving 99 years. So they felt like he was trying to get his brother out. Right. But then so many years later, they finally let the brother out. And so here's the picture of the twins. And now, let me see. Let me try to figure out which one. <laughs> which one was the one that was the wrongly convicted? The one that has his face slightly slanted down. Right. He's the one that was, was wrongly convicted. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. No, I'm, I'm thinking he's the one. Who lied. Okay. Yeah, and the other one with his head up looks more innocent. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the other one. Yeah. Okay. Now, which one is it? I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I don't know. They're both in jail gear, prison gear. That's cold, man. That's cold. Would you forgive your brother for doing something like that? All right. You think of your closest person. Would you forgive them for... I don't know. Not if he I, had me in jail for 10 years. 20 plus years uh, and knowing I didn't do it no it'd be hard it'd be hard I mean okay I would eventually I would realize I love him but I would no I, w- I definitely wouldn't be writing him or going to see him I, I I that would that's some that's some serious pain that's some serious hurt that's some serious betrayal so the brother that did the crime he was saying that well, basically, they were both drug dealers, you know, doing street stuff. And sometimes they would act as each other. Like, you know, he would go around saying he was his brother and his brother would do the oh, same Oh, so he thing. was about that life, too. Yeah, they both were. Okay, then I, I if I was never about that life, then I'd, I would be more upset. But if I was about that life, then, hey... That's fair game. I'm about that life. What, I mean, that's <laughs> and hey, you could easily be uh, identified. Y'all look alike, right? So, and I would just be upset that he didn't have enough intelligence to say we both did it, so we would have reasonable doubt when I went. In, you know, when it first happened, <laughs> right? You would think that having you watch Law and Order, come tell him you did it, and I'll say I did it, and I say I didn't do it, then they, we got reasonable doubt. <laughs> well. And you know what? They probably have the same DNA because they're identical twins. Yeah, I saw something like a Law and Order. They have DNA, but it's something that, it's something that. Well, I think I identical TV, I twins. Have yeah, the, yeah. I'm assuming that's DNA. why it's identical. I'm assuming yes. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So this next story is um, Cardi B won a. I think I heard it was 1.25 and then 3.8 with some million dollars against uh, blogger Tasha K. I've never heard of Tasha K. I've, I saw a clip of her and she so she's successful. Yeah, well, she has a common look of one of my I'm going to say it, my best friend and not Sheena is a big fan of Tasha K. He put me up on Tasha K. And so. 
I saw the lawsuit and I said that had to hurt. I mean, she may be making money, but that one point five or three point eight million dollars had to hurt her pockets. Right. It hurt, it, no matter how much money you guys gonna hurt your pockets. Yeah. So apparently she was going around um, saying um, that Cardi B uh, used cocaine, has herpes and engaged in prostitution. And so well, now we're back in the day. Um back in the day, but um I guess this has been going on a few years, but they've been back and forth at each other, so it's just not like uh Tasha K just went was going after Cardi B. They were kind of going after each other, but this is a case of big bank take little bank. Right. So um so Cardi B I I heard or I read that she actually had to go get a, a a VD test to prove that she doesn't have herpes to wow win this case against uh, Tasha K. Wow. So Tasha K, I didn't watch all the video because I felt, uh, but someone kind of gave me like a perspective on the situation that she lost because Cardi B has the big machine behind her. And the conspiracy is you got to keep people like Cardi B and people delivering the messages and the imagery that she does to keep people um, stupid or, you know, be be that influence. So but my thing was, well, Tasha K has a lot of nerve pointing a finger at Cardi B. Look what she does for a living. She talks about people. Uh, badly, and she's got sponsors. She's getting paid. What, what's the problem? Now, why would Jeff Arnold call me knowing we're on the air? Because he wants to know if you showed his pictures or not. I'm going to tell him to call the station. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut tell you off. Him to call it, yeah, tell him to call in the studio. You can't talk to him right now. Oh, so I'm bringing up um, um, uh, some points that Seymour's in the chat room bought mm -hmm. up. Is that okay? So Tasha K is appealing the court, uh, the case, and Cardi B, much like Bill Cosby, mm -hmm. bragged about doing that kind of shit uh, back in the day. Like she, no, oh, I wait. No, well, go ahead. I, I was gonna send him. Yeah, I remember. She bragged yes. about robbing tricks and yes, I remember shit that. like that. So. She she had some good attorneys because um, it's hard to win a cyber bullying case. Like if someone's bullying you on YouTube, mm -hmm. you actually have to get a court order because YouTube will not take it down otherwise. Well, don't you feel that the girl Tasha, it was helping her more than it was helping Cardi B? Since Cardi B has more followers and more is is a bigger entertainer. Um, she was going yeah, I mean that's what Tasha K does though. That's how she makes her money. Like like does she make her money like the other guy who did that? Who? Um, one that I, I can't say his name. Vlad. No, because I don't want. Well, he's one guy. Now is he really big? Because I see a lot of people do interviews he with got him. A couple million views. Yeah. He's I was thinking about the other guy. Um, who I got into it with at the oh, <laughs> B. Scott. Yeah. 
Um, no, you know what? B. Scott is, I don't think he's messy like that. Okay. I don't think he's messy like. Tasha K is more like a young Wendy Williams. Okay. Well, she's trying to make her. Well, good for uh, Cardi B. I mean, for her to take the test and declare her innocence. And, and um, I mean, but that's the new thing. The new thing is messy. You know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything against Cardi B because I don't have 1.5 million. I mean, you know, Cardi B is, but I remember reading that stuff about her saying she allegedly drugged people and all that stuff. Yeah. So, but that's why I just stay on, that's why I stay on MySpace because I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> MySpace? No, I'm just kidding. That's still a, just kidding. No. Still a or thing. Facebook. Only best thing about Facebook is you know when it's, it's somebody's birthday. Okay, yeah. so Chris Brown, this just came yeah. over the wire this yes. morning or last night. Is being sued for allegedly drugging and raping a woman on Diddy's yacht. Yeah. Or a yacht docked at Diddy's uh, home in Miami, Florida. Uh, per the complaint, a professional choreographer, she's a, a dancer, choreographer, model, music artist, identifying as Jane Doe. And an unidentified friend were invited to the yacht on December 30th by another male friend who called the girl while she was visiting in Miami. Come on over. We having a party on a yacht. Who's not going to go to that, I guess. It claims that while on the call, Brown grabbed the phone and told her he had heard about her music and urged her to come on over to Diddy's house as soon as possible. Uh, she went to the yacht, and according to the suit, Brown offered her a drink in the kitchen, giving her a cup containing a mixed drink. They didn't uh, discuss her music career, and uh, Brown offered her some tips about starting a career in the music industry. And Brown allegedly filled her cup for a second time, for which afterwards she felt disoriented and physically unstable. Wow. And uh, she said she started to fall in and fall out of sleep. And the complaint explains. And then she's, ex I'm wondering why this is not a criminal um, thing. Why is she suing him and not pressing well, I mean, they say criminal it's, charges. Would say it's harder to prove criminal as opposed to civil, right? It's a, a lower threshold. But so. I think if she wins the criminal, she'll probably get guaranteed almost to win the civil suit. This, this, I, I mean, I feel so, so afraid for these young people and the, the, just the positions that they find themselves in not that they get themselves in that they find themselves in and i'm not saying anything about her getting herself in that position and any of her fault but just it, it's it's i mean again like i was just telling dan and like we always rode with a road dog you know i mean it was easy to fall into that trap you know she's she's visiting miami she's an aspiring artist was she, she by herself no she was with a friend and don't you do everything together? Where are you going, girl? Where are you? I mean, I, well, I definitely, for one, would not trust Chris Brown. Uh, duh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, or any of those guys. I mean, those. That's. I mean, I'm sure that's a whole nother level that I know nothing about. 
but it, it's you have to take someone with you when you go into those kind of events. Someone with you, more so. I understand you want to go with your girlfriend, but you want to go with the male that can protect you too. I mean, I'm sorry, females can protect you too. So I don't be chauvinistic, uh, but I am. So um, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's sad. These young boys need to. Well, it's not just young boys. It's old heads too. Uh, it's not just young boys. It's old heads too. Anything else? Yes, old heads too. Yeah, I, I, I corrected myself. It's old it heads sounds too. familiar. Hilarious. Um, wait a minute. I want to finish this up real quick because yes. I'm trying to figure out um where this went bad. <laughs> I guess her falling in and out of sleep. But they said um. Oh, the suit claims she was then led down a corridor into a bedroom where Brown closed the door and prevented her attempts to leave. According to the complaint, he then undressed and raped her. Okay. Brown ejaculated inside of her and announcing he was done. Well, there's the evidence. The next right? day, Brown demanded Doe take the emergency plan B pill. The suit alleges. Well, she should have went right to the hospital and had a rape kit done, right? Exactly. So maybe she did. I mean, we there's more details. I read more while you intro your next guest. They, are he's in Zoom? No, nah, he called on the phone. He said you text him and well, because him. he said he couldn't. All right. Well, Zoom. he's on the line. Well, this gentleman is um, interesting guy. He's one of I think he's one of Jeff's best friends. Um, because they seem to always get along. He, I don't know where he's born, because I try to find out. But he's an actor, writer, producer, stand-up comedian. He has been on tour with some of the biggest names: Cat Williams, David Arnold, Faison Love, and uh, I'm excited. And he's a he's one of the ones in our industry who can really fight. Shalant, what's up, Shalant? <laughs> what's up, man? How are you? <laughs> I'm great, man. I'm great. I was uh, I could do Zoom. I just need a link to join your yeah, to join your I meet. I sent you the link. Did you not see the link? No, you sent me the um. It wasn't an actual link that I got. It was a uh, it was a passcode in the link. Yeah, the Zoom. I gave you a Zoom ID meeting. It's a Zoom um, meeting ID. You see and that? And the password. And then the password. Let me see. I told y'all he was a boxer, yeah. so he might have got hit a couple. Um, I'll try yeah, to send right. you. Uh, you got it? Uh, I'm on Zoom, but uh, I need to... You put in those numbers. Um, okay, the first I'm set on. of numbers. Yeah, and it's, then... it's, uh, it's, it's, it's 11 numbers. The first set of numbers, 11. And then the password. Which is four. And while he's doing that, let me just finish the story right quick, because I just read that Brown has faced numerous charges of violence especially towards women in the past, most famously. Of course, we heard about Rihanna. And then he was dating Carucci, and she got a um, a, uh, a restraining order placed on him. So he just really has a bad history of this kind of behavior. And, and then he's, he also faced a rape allegation in Paris in 2019. So and then which last June, allegedly he struck a woman during an argument, but no charges were filed due to uh, 
insufficient evidence. Yeah, he's he's gonna be next. He's not a nice guy. He's not a nice guy. You you women need to 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 move past him. When you see him, just yeah, I like run. The music. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, he's, he's he's. What's that whole saying? That don't don't when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Um, believe them. But um, and we'll see if uh, Shalant is. Uh, how's Sheena doing? I saw her. She's in the back here. Uh, I saw her. I saw her uh, with her red hat, and uh, she said she's gonna give me something to um, take with me. And and did you tell her we apologize for not trying her? She she I think she was listening to the show at that time. Oh well, she didn't call in and say the apology accepted. So Seymour's in the <laughs> chat room. You know, yeah, I hear her talking back there. Seymour is in the chat room. Seymour, Seymour. Um, now Seymour would check um, Chris Brown. Seymour, she Seymour probably whoop his ass. Yeah, Seymour is serious, and then pray for him. Um, Someone you. in the chat room says she does, or he. I'm not sure what person uh, gender this person is, but they say, "I'm sorry, I don't, I don't believe her story." For for you know what, I'm always skeptical with these kind of stories, but uh, something in me says this possibility that this is true. I, you know, I mean. I, and again, like people say, those two were in the room. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, you know what, what's, what's, what's on my mind right now is trying to figure out if it's a male or female that said that. It's, well, and I'm, and I'm thinking female only because, I don't know. I just don't think, I, yeah, now I does, it ha does it carry more weight if it's a female? No, I don't think so because there's a lot of females that are still rooting for R. Kelly. There's, you know, there's, I see a lot of women that that doesn't make a difference to them. Wow. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's a female who made that comment. Well. Okay. Yeah, so some and someone else, OG Sleepy Loke, says some people consider it clout chasing. Well, there's a lot of things going on in these young people's world that we just don't identify with. And just like I'm sure there's a lot of things in the young people's world that they don't identify with. I don't think clout through. chasing is something new. I think people have always tried to get in with celebrities and be around celebrities. and But now you got the Internet so they can I take agree. self. They, just because you take a selfie with a celebrity, you can play that off. As, oh, especially that's your when buddy. That's, especially when that celebrity dies. That's when you see the pictures up. Me and such and such. Okay, you know. so she's a female, the person okay. that made the now. Comment. Now the next question is, how old is she? I don't know. She's gonna give up all that information. No, I'm just but saying that she over. The question under is, 40, why? Um, I'm gonna take an, a stab at pronouncing your name, Cassinia. Cassinia. Um, why do you not believe the female in this situation? That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be good. To see how she answers. Uh, I wish people would call more and talk so we can hear the tone and everything. It's just so hard to read things. Yeah, if you guys want to call, call in on any of the topics that we discussed so far this morning, you can hit us up at 323-815-4204. She says she's 43. Okay. Well, I mean, I'd love to hear her. I'd love to talk with her. Is Shalana in? I don't know. He's still on the phone, I think. Hello, on the phone real quick. 
You not on Zoom yet? <laughs> How old is this guy? <laughs> he he's now this is the thing about Shalant. He's he's as handsome. Him and Jeff are both like good looking guys. Let me Google this. Yeah, Google person. Him. Yeah, Shalant the comedian. And you'll see all his little handsome pictures and stuff. <laughs> is he cute, Lewis? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's cute. I, I I think you can still say a guy is handsome. Uh, he's not my type. How about not, that? He's not your type? How about that? Who's your, what's your type? <laughs> but no, but Shalon is, you know, I know he can fight. I know that. Because he trains people. And um, do you see him? Um... Oh, I know him. Yeah, he's got a hair thing going on, too. Yeah, he's been around a long time. Yeah, so he should know how to... Hopefully, somebody younger than him can help him with the Zoom. But we can just talk to him while he's on the phone. Can he? I don't know if he can talk on the phone and fix the Zoom. I'm working on it, man. Okay. Um, so hey, so where he's were you? responding to the... Um, chat room OG sleepy like no no I wasn't saying that you said it was new or not I was letting Lewis know that the term clout chasing or maybe clout chasing is a new term but it's not a new act got it Shalon where were you born Washington DC oh you're a DC guy so you were you were back there with Tony Woods and all of them um Tony uh Tony Martin Tommy Davidson Dave Chappelle oh was Mark watch was Mark Howard in that group uh, Mark Howard. Yeah, Mark is from, uh, I believe Mark is from D.C. Uh, who else? Uh, Teddy Carpenter with Virginia. D.C. Maryland, Virginia. D.C. ain't but five miles wide, so Maryland, Virginia, uh, is, is close. So we all kind of in the same, we'll be in the same circles. Teddy Carpenter got hot for a minute because everybody thought he was going to get that vibe and then Chris Spencer just snatched it. You know. They thought they thought he was. Now you have any children? I found this picture. Yes, I do. I got a, yeah, I got a daughter. Internet. Oh, you got a yeah. That's the that's him. That's Shalon. That's that a picture. young picture, right? Or is this a new picture? No, that's that's a young picture. But he doesn't. You know, he's still in shape. Like he's a little chunkier. But you know, he's that that was his look. You see how him and Jeff could look. You know, they could be models. He could he could be modeling Jeff the clothes that Jeff has. Let's find a recent. Because picture, he's um. Because I was gonna, how were you? Yeah, see, so he aged well. Yeah, so he has better hair than Jeff. Better teeth. Yeah, good teeth. He doesn't have <laughs> his lips are kind of thin. <laughs> so we'll find out if he's can kiss or not. I guess. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I was wondering, are, did you ever fight professionally? Oh my God! Yes, he He's still it. trying to, to. He can't walk and chew gum. Yeah. No, well, I'm, I'm only kidding. I don't. He's got good teeth, so I guess he, <laughs> he don't chew much gum. So he's talking. You know, it's nothing funnier than someone who's trying to do something and they're talking to someone else <laughs> as they're struggling to do it. Do you hear? Did you hear that? And or he's talking to himself. <laughs> oh my God! I'm I'm gonna find the link. Text it to you, Lewis. I texted and to him. The same you link. text him the number, not the actual. No, link. I texted him the link that you. Oh, you all... sent him the link. No, you didn't. No, no, you texted me a number. I didn't get a link. No, I, Shalant. I'm looking right at it. It says, "Hi, hey, Shalant. Thanks for agreeing to do the show. Does 11:15 work for you? Uh, or 12:15 Zoom meeting ID? That's not a link. 
I'm 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 about to uh, send Lewis the link. All right. So now, yeah, yeah, that's not a link. You see, look, you hear him all his voice. Now he know it's not a link. (laughs) (laughs) Now now he he got all bases. That's not a link, Lewis. Get it together. Well, y'all can go ahead and start the. That's what I send everyone else. So I don't know. um, I mean, I know you're used to. Hey, let me ask you a question, Shalon. You. It seems that. what is it about you as well as your act that makes some of the top comics feel so comfortable having you open up for them when they tour? You know, like I said, you know, like Cat Williams, David Arnold, Frazon Love. What is it? Uh, I don't, to be honest with you, Lewis, I guess I know how to, I guess I know how to tone it down. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it is, since you brought that up, it is a fine, it is a fine line, to be honest with you. Okay. When you go out with people, you know, I always tell people when you go out and you hope you don't necessarily want to do too well. Okay. So you more or less say you stay in your lane and you allow them to have the show that they want to have. Yeah. I've had comedians tell me what topics not to do when I open up for them. Really? Like, like briefly also. So, oh, so you mean they tell you don't talk about this subject? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, I've had that. I've had, had that too. And then you just fought, you just go ahead and go along with it, and you just take that out of your act. So you have enough material where you can do that. Not everyone does that. Yeah, yeah it makes the it, it does make the set a little harder because I find myself up there. You know, you don't want to look like you're thinking. I've I've uh, for watching people like you and others. You know, if you're comfortable, the audience is comfortable. If you're not comfortable, they sense that, and it can be a little harder show. You know. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you stuff you already know, but you asked me. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, I just sent you the join our client, uh, HD video meeting, whatever. I just sent you that, so I don't know if that's going to work. Did, did you email it to me or text it to I me? I texted it to you. Okay. Um, now let me see. You know, you, when, I was, when I was looking at some of your stuff on Facebook, you, one of the quotes you have is, don't be a victim, be victorious, let's train. What does that mean, and, and, and who is it meant for? Uh, well, it's kind of, it's two ways, it's two ways that you can, uh, approach, it's two ways that you can kind of approach what I do. I always tell people when it comes to protecting yourself, you can either be proactive or you can be reactive. Uh, proactive is before you get your ass whipped. Reactive is after <laughs> you get your ass whipped. That makes Pretty sense. much. <laughs> that makes sense. So, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um. Uh, basically after, after the first time, after the first time, you know, you no longer, you no longer a victim, you're a participant. So after, after you come across an unfortunate incident, if you don't do anything about it to arm yourself, then the next time, you know, you're not a victim because it's already happened, you know? Yeah. Now, what, what is so, some of Wait, the- let me ask you, Shalant, um, do you have to hang up the phone in order to get on the Zoom? Uh... I'm doing it. Well, it says I'm trying to join. It says sign. It says join meeting now. I'm trying to. Okay. Uh, go in now. It's asking me for the meeting ID and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's telling me the meeting ID. I can't see it. Can you give me the numbers? Um. It's. Hang on. It is. I'm sorry. Okay. Hang on I have a second. It. Yeah, go ahead and give it to him. Um, That's okay. 
The um. Oh darn! Now I'm having. It's nine six two something. It's it's nine six two, five seven two, five six seven five. And the password is seven six zero eight. Okay. Password seven six zero eight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the black person's go-to word when things work. Boom. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Boom. Boom. Okay, I'm waiting for you to pop up. Boom. Got it. I'm there. I'm in. I don't think he's in yet. No, I know. It's just saying some of the things that we say. Boom. Good. I'm good. Got you. Shalon, are you in? Are you? Oh, there you are. Okay, here we go. Disconnected. Yeah, you're... Um, well, welcome. Just, welcome. Welcome. He's in. That's not him. That's me. Boom. Here we go. Boom. Got another boom. Yeah, he's in. All right. Welcome via. Hi. Welcome. Hey, there you Hi, go. Finally. Hey. Finally. Here we go. go. What does that shirt say? Pleasanton or? Okay. Well, you got a better backdrop than Kente. He, that's a nice. <laughs> Kente's wall was. Kente Scott. Yeah, Kente Scott. His, his wall was plain. Let me tell you a funny story. Since you, since you brought him up, let me tell you a funny story about Kente. Mm-hmm. We were the last two. I played Ashley's boyfriend the last season of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh huh. Me and Kente were the last two people. Oh, for the for, for the that, role. For that role. Yeah, it was it was me and Kente, and uh, that's how I got a bond with that brother. We were the last two people. It was between me and him, and they were waiting. Of course, I got it, but they were we were both waiting to see who was going to get it. Wow, what was that audition like? Was Will Smith in the audition? Uh, yes, Will and uh, Will and Ashley went audition. It was the. Uh, the last season of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, I played Kyle, and uh, yeah, I played her boyfriend the last season. Wow, wow, that must have been a great experience. Did, did how did Will? How was how was your how did Will? Uh, what was it like working with him? Oh man, one of the coolest people I worked with. As long as you knew your lines when it was time to shoot, you could play PlayStation, basketball all day. But if, when it came to shoot, if you didn't know your shit, then you had a problem. Okay, so you witnessed some people not knowing their stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, I did. That's when uh, I think Alex Thomas was one of the, the lead writers on the show that year. Okay. Oh, the, the comedian Alex Thomas? Yeah, comedian Alex oh, Thomas. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Good. Um, the, um, I was going to, I wanted to ask you, did you ever box professionally? Oh, uh, yeah, I did. Okay. And, and now you grew up in D.C., is that where you boxed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I boxed in uh, D.C. And uh, I've been coming to California probably since I was 14 years old, man. My first time out here, I was on a bus trip. I did the, uh, I was doing the uh, Olympic trials. And we were, we went from, we were on the bus going from state to state. And uh, in the summers, I hadn't finished high school yet, but in the summers, I travel and we go to California, uh, Detroit. It was on a, I was on the bus just going all over the world. Just, uh, yeah, just, uh, just pretty much boxing, uh, other cities and states. Now is your discipline just boxing or is it also karate or other thing? Or is it just boxing? Um, no, boxing and martial arts. Okay. And, and which came first, the boxing? The boxing came first. Now, cause, um, my understanding is that, um, what's his name? Um, 
the other comedian is really good. I know Dan and Green boxes, but there's another. Shane does uh, martial arts, right? Oh uh, yeah, Shane. Yeah, yeah. Shane is pretty good. Shane dabbles a little bit. He's uh he's familiar with the arts. Now, also ends the owner of the Comedy Union. He's familiar with it, also, right? Yeah, ends ends is familiar with it, and ends uh ends boxes uh ends boxes pretty well. Damon Wayans uh also uh boxes pretty well. Oh, does he? Yeah, and um, for people that I know, uh, who was very good, uh, off the game that showed the game and off Ray Donovan, Pooch Hall, the guy that played Daryl, uh huh, very good boxer. Now, have you ever had an experience or incident with some comics who did not know, but you had to tell them, no, you don't want this? Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Speedy and uh Hilarious. people. Yeah. You know, Speedy was a I love Speedy. Uh but you know Speedy was a bully, you know that. Right. <laughs> so you had to yeah. show him or did you were just telling him was enough? Uh I let's just say I, I lightly uh just uh just telling him was enough. It never came to an altercation, but uh it was uh it came close a couple times because Speedy would try you. So did you tag him? Uh, I, I, I just showed him that, you know, it, this wasn't a good idea. Got it. Got it. Got it. Now, was it anyone else that you had to verbally tell or demonstrate to them? Uh, along the way, but mostly it was outside of, uh, it was outside of the comedy world, man. When people would just, uh, you know, try you for one thing or another. I tell you who else has pretty good, uh, pretty good hands, man. Martin Lawrence. Okay. Really? But he's kind of light, yeah. though, huh? But he can still he stick what? you? He's kind of light in the body, but he'll still stick you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin will still stick you, man. Martin got a good set of hands. Okay, okay. So anybody bigger than him would just have to grab him to stop this. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about now. This was a minute ago. Martin uh, has changed physically over the years. Okay. Um, the, now, does that make you feel a certain... I'm sure it does. You have a certain security when you're out doing your work that you know I can handle myself as long as they don't have weapons or anything. Oh, definitely, man. Definitely. It's definitely a it's definitely a confidence thing. Always tell pre people when it comes right down to it, although you don't want to hear it, when an unfortunate situation, when you're faced with it, it's only two roads, either the predator or the prey. So it's just which one you want to be. Now, I in doing some research, you put a lot of quotations on your Facebook. Why are they so important to you, and how do you implement them into your life? Uh, it was just things that, that, that helped me get through it, and uh, that a lot of coaches, you know, I was raised, uh, my dad was in and out, but I had, a lot of, uh, I had a lot of men. I was a gym rat, and I had a lot of men who would tell me certain things that kind of stuck with me and just helped me, uh, you know, just helped me achieve uh, my goals, and those things kind of stuck with me, and I kind of remember it, you know, I kind of remember the things to help me, uh, you know, get to where I'm going. Uh, assignment, alignment, execution, uh, proper preparation prevents poor performance, uh, difficult roads lead to beautiful destinations, all that stuff is just still in my head. Right, because that was one of the things I was going to ask you, what, was, what is one of your go-to quotes, and you just hit a few of them? Uh, I think... My go-to quote that even refers to this industry is uh, water cuts through rock, not because of its power, but because of its persistence. So it doesn't, uh, 
it might take that water 50 years, but every, you know, every day that water might hit up against that rock and it might take a hundred years, but one day when that water hits that rock, it's going to break. But that water was persistent. It never, every day right. just kept, kept banging. Now I wanted to ask you some things. We always ask questions before we go, because we only have a few minutes is things you do well and things you don't do well. Can you spell? Oh, uh, yes, I can. Cool. What, what's your education? Did you go to college? Uh, some, yes. Uh, where? Morehouse. More, oh, you know, my son went to Morehouse. Okay, so, wow, that was, must have been a great experience for you. Yes, sir. Uh, can you cook? Yes, I can. Do you golf? Dibble uh, and dabble in it, mostly for, uh, for, for business dealings purposes, but not one of my favorite things to do. Okay. Uh, can you play an instrument? Uh, yes, I can. Uh, what instrument? Uh, mostly percussions. So drums, uh, I'm percussion based, man. I'm from DC, so you know we got that go-go influence. So drums, uh, uh, timbales, rototoms, congos, stuff like that. Can you swim? Yes, I can. Uh, all right, this is a weird question, but can you climb a tree or a fence? Uh, yes, I can. I had to get away from. I had to get away a couple times. <laughs> That's what Jeff always said. I was gonna. <laughs> normally, Jeff is on the show with me. So I was going right. to surprise him. Now, because you, you and Jeff are close, right? Yeah, Jeff's my man. Yeah, because I mean, I, I just, I've always felt that there was a closeness between you two that you just, you guys just clicked. Well, we got close. You know, I had runs, me and Jeff had a run in when we were a little younger. Really? Yeah. Okay, so you had to show him too? Well, it was just an alpha male thing. You know, two alpha males eventually going to bump heads, in my, from my experience. Well, next week when he's on the show, I'm going to tell him that you said you had to handle him. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> you're, I have down here, can you fight? But that, that's, I know that answer. Uh, your most expensive purchase? Uh, most expensive purchase? Uh, house car. Mm, okay. Um, are, you, are you scared of heights? Depends on how high. Okay. <laughs> uh, how how do you do with scary movies? Uh, I love scary movies, man. Okay. Here's another last one of the last questions. What is something you wish you had experienced or wish you had not experienced in your life? Uh, something I wish I had experienced. Yeah, or something you wish you had not experienced. Man, good question. One of my quotes is, I'm thankful for my struggle because without it, I wouldn't have found my strength. So I wouldn't have tried. I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that uh, I kind of think uh, neglect kind of builds character and independence. So I'm kind of glad for that. But um, one of the things I wish I had not experienced, hmm, probably jail. Oh, okay. How long was that? Uh, a couple months. Cool. Um, here's a question that they do not like me to ask, but I think I've figured out a way to ask it. Go ahead. So, um, have you ever dated a girl who could not kiss? And did that uh, bother you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, when you say could not kiss, I think she just, uh, 
I think she could kiss, but she kissed too well. Like she had just done it too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was too sloppy. Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? <laughs> you know? Fair enough. She kissed too good. I don't like women that kiss too good. That's funny. That's fair. Well, good. I'm glad I found a way to ask it. Hey, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time. And I wanted to know if it's okay to invite you back when Jeff is here. Definitely, man. Definitely. Just send me the link again. All right. I will do. <laughs> hey, stay safe and thank you so much, Jalant. I appreciate it, man. Thanks okay. for having me. Bye. Okay. Bye. That's <laughs> that's uh, that's actually the length of, for you out there, That that's the length that Poetis wants these interviews to go. That's the length. That quick. Um, which I, makes sense now. I can feel that. That's That felt better. Quick, boom, in the pocket. Um, so listen, uh, it is time for us to go. Jeff Arnold, can we do uh, show one more photo of Jeff, please? Um, Jeff Arnold, there you go. Jeff Arnold on his photo shoot, and we wish him luck. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I want to thank uh, Kente Scott, Shalon. Y'all killed me talking about this picture. Yeah, that picture. <laughs> Yeah, and my man said, Kente said he looked like the kid from, uh, what was? Get Out. Get Out. <laughs> and us. <laughs> all right, uh, guys, thank you so much. We'll be back. A special guest next week. Well, they're all special guests, but one that's actually uh, famous. Uh, uh, Tony Rock will be here. Um, so uh, we thank you all. Jeff will be back, and hopefully Dannon will make it back from his trip. Thank you, Boss Lady, and, of course, Sheena. Uh, thank you. I'm Louis Dix. We're out.